Hello and welcome to the Big Question Podcast with your host, Mr. Jason Knapp. This is where we answer the big questions of history. Well, we're still talking about America in World War II and ready to bring World War II to a close. Today's big question is explosive. It might be the biggest question of the year. It very well could be one of the bigger questions of the century, or that being said, maybe even the biggest question of the millennium. The question today is, should the United States drop the atomic bombs on Japan to end World War II? Well, let's pick back up where we left off D-Day, right? The invasion of the Allies now, of course, the United States, the British, also the Canadians uh, will land on the beaches of Normandy and, as we mentioned, fighting their way through France and ultimately ready to cross the Rhine River into Germany. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union is, is doing the same. All right, so... This puts us, let's say, uh, the summer of 1944, okay? So June, July, August, and believe it or not, that's also bringing up another election, all right? The election of 1944, okay? So despite the ongoing war, an election year does Uh, present itself again, and the Republican Party has nominated Thomas Dewey. He was known as a liberal and, uh, you know, an attacker of corruption. Uh, Of course, Democrats are going to nominate Franklin Roosevelt for an unprecedented fourth term. There was really obviously no other viable choice for the party, but the real question in this uh, election, I think that's going to have a serious consequence is who would be the vice presidential candidate. Now, remember, Franklin Roosevelt does not have the same vice president in every term. The nomination here was made for Harry S. Truman. And Harry Truman is picked by Franklin Roosevelt and the party because he, you know, I guess is largely without any enemies. So Roosevelt goes on to defeat Dewey. Uh, Dewey campaigned hard against Roosevelt. You know, he attacked uh, the 12, you know, long years is is too long. And Tom Dewey will emphasize it was time for a change. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt doesn't do a lot of campaigning. Uh, That's actually something that's, you know, I guess somewhat new is how long now uh, our presidential nominees campaign. Okay. Franklin Roosevelt um, doesn't really get start campaigning um, till the fall. And Roosevelt got a lot of financial help from the CIO or the CIO's New Political Action Committee. Uh, this PAC was set up to avoid a ban on using union money for politics. And uh, Franklin Roosevelt wound up winning the election in a big way again. 
the electoral vote was 432 to 99. Okay, so maybe the main reason that he won was that the war was moving along well at this point. Okay. Uh, by the way, the Nazi army now is in full retreat uh, at this point. However, Hitler makes one last big push at the Ardennes forest. And this battle, I think, sometimes is maybe not emphasized enough because we, you know, we think after D-Day and the, the, the fight through France and then we just immediately cross the Rhine River into Germany and on our way to Berlin, but not so fast. Uh, Hitler has planned one last-ditch effort here, and the Americans are, are kind of surprised and we're actually pushed back, which results in a bulge in our line Okay, hence the name of the battle, the Battle of the Bulge, which would have raged through the winter of 1944 and into 1945. This is the largest land battle the United States has ever been involved in. And the Americans, uh, matter of fact, um, in particular at Bastogne, were trapped. And Germany actually asked for a surrender, of course, but... General A.C. McCullough is fa uh, famous for answering the Germans with uh, the simple word nuts. Okay, we're not going to surrender. And believe it or not, reinforcements came and relieved uh, our troops there at Bastogne. And uh, the U.S. ended up winning the Battle of the Bulge. A lot of this is fought through Belgium as well. So from from their steady progress now, uh, I should say from there, you know, we have the steady progress made toward Berlin. However, Russia simultaneously is converging on Berlin. And along the way, too, we might say uh, the Allies discover the horrors of the Holocaust. And, you know, a lot of this would uh, definitely have been the Soviet Union as well. But, you know, there had been rumors of such goings on, but you know, it was believed they were either untrue or exaggerated. Obviously, we know they were not. And our troops, I guess, get to see this firsthand. And the Holocaust was definitely worse than imagined. The death camps, uh, of course, still stinking, made the horrors very clear. And General Dwight Eisenhower actually forced a lot of German civilians to march through the camps after the war so they could see what their government had done. However, the, the Russians have reached Germany first. You know, I don't know if that has any implications uh, eventually on the Cold War and the relations between the United States and the Soviet Union. Um, however, um, what we find is Hitler has killed himself in the bunker in April of 1945. Okay, so it might be important to keep some of these months in line now in April of 1945, along with his mistress turned wife, as they got married in the bunker, Ava Braun. Only two weeks prior, while vacationing, too, I might add, okay, in Warm Spring, Georgia, uh, the United States is shocked. Franklin Roosevelt suddenly dies, okay, so. That means Harry Truman, our vice president, is now our president. The German officials, uh, after, of course, the 
death of Hitler now have surrendered now in May, May 7th of 1945. And of course, May 8th, 1945 will be named VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. And of course, celebrations have begun in Europe. However, uh, as we're finding, Japan dies hard. And of course, the Japanese are still fighting and the war is still on. Um, uh, American subs, believe it or not, now are devastating a lot of Japanese merchant ships. Our American bombers had been uh, devastating Japanese cities. Uh, in particular, uh, two-day fire bombs, incendiary bombs are dropped, which means when they hit, you know, they, they catch everything on fire. This, this raid on Tokyo in March of 1945. The destruction was was unbelievable. 250,000 buildings, a quarter of the city is destroyed, 83,000 Japanese lives. And that's about equivalent to the atomic bomb that will come later. Okay, so one must ask how much longer will the Japanese hang on? Well, catch back up with General Douglas MacArthur. You know, he's determined to return to the Philippines, as I had mentioned earlier, when he was, I guess, booted out and the Japanese had taken the Philippines. But now, after retaking New Guinea, uh, MacArthur now can make his Filipino return, which he did in October of 1944. Okay, uh, a lot of hard naval fighting. Matter of fact, the largest naval battle in United States history, or maybe even the history of the world, at Latte Gulf. Okay, this is where the United States uh, won and uh, took the Philippines back. Um, so this is a, a just an incredible um, victory. Um, maybe, the, you know, really the last real, real big naval battle in the Pacific Japan's Navy now is all but destroyed at this point. So again, one must ask, how much longer does Japan have left? And of course, uh, MacArthur then does finally um, capture the capital city of Manila uh, in the Philippines in March of 1945. Well, the same month, okay, um, the, the small island of Iwo Jima was captured by Americans in some of the toughest fighting yet, okay? I think I had mentioned, you know, a good movie or actually two movies to see is Flags of Our Fathers. It's also a book about the uh, the men who raised the flag there at Mount Sarabachi, the American flag there at Iwo Jima. Um, you know, but Iwo Jima is strategically located halfway between the Marianas Islands and Japan. So thus, it will pr provide kind of an important airstrip, okay, for us to continue to attack Japan. As I mentioned, the famous flag-raising photo is snapped atop Montserrabachi there, um, while the really while the, the fighting still raged on. Or the other movie you want to see is uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, which is kind of the Japanese perspective of the battle at Iwo Jima. Um, you know, Iwo Jima, kind of this. Uh, volcanic island, if you will, um, just 
terrible, terrible fighting where the Japanese are kind of dug in in caves and craters and, you know, got to root them out. And as we've mentioned before, the Japanese are, are in desperation. They are fighting to the death uh, and not surrendering. I mean, they'd rather die than surrender to the Americans. Um, you know, at sea, they're using the, uh, should we say, kamikaze pilots who are just simply on suicide missions, ramming their planes into our ships. Um, it, it's very, very difficult right now fighting the Japanese. Uh, the next battle would be Okinawa. That was the next target, the Battle of Okinawa. It was the last island now before the Japanese mainlands. Of course, Okinawa was taken in June of 1945 after 50,000 American casualties. Okay, so in a last-ditch effort, uh, as I mentioned, Japan now is unleashing really the full fury of their kamikaze suicide pilots, likening themselves to, I guess, I don't know, maybe we could go back to the Bushido code of the samurai warrior of the old and the kamikazes, I guess, are, are feeling they were, were dying for their god-slash-emperor, uh, Hirohito of Japan. Well, let's check in now on the rookie president, Harry Truman. And he has now met uh, Stalin and other British officials, okay, uh, Winston Churchill, Potsdam. Now, Potsdam is a city in Germany. This is called the Potsdam Conference. Now, this is in July of 1945. Okay. And the final statement to Japan was surrender or be destroyed. Now, you know, what does that mean? Okay. Well, meanwhile, the United States has been working on a super secret project all along. Uh, to build the atomic bomb. Now, a lot of this is, I guess, inspired by Albert Einstein, who wrote a letter to Franklin Roosevelt. This is a famous letter, personal letter from Albert Einstein to Franklin Roosevelt about the fact that maybe the Germans uh, are on to building their own atomic bomb. Okay. So we start the Manhattan Project in 1942, so this has been in secret, okay? And, um, you know, a lot of German scientists actually had fled Nazi Germany, notably Albert Einstein. So in 1940, uh, you know, uh, with FDR's blessings, uh, and I mentioned 1942, but, you know, I guess as early as 1940, these scientists actually start working on the bomb. And FDR had gotten Congress to kind of approve the money in fear that Germany may well, well develop the bomb first. So this is interesting. You know, are we making the bomb actually to potentially drop it in Germany or in Europe? Um, the Manhattan Project secretly developed and built the world's first atomic bomb. Now, the, the bomb is not all built in Manhattan and New York City. I mean, these projects are going on all over the country. Uh, it, it is tested, though. The, the bomb is tested in Almogordo, New Mexico, in the desert in July of 1945. Okay? So, uh, obviously, the, the Japanese, though, fighting on, uh, still belligerent. Um, and 
Therefore, Harry Truman now has made the decision to, to first drop the atomic bomb in Hiroshima, uh, which the Enola Gay, uh, the airplane that will drop the bomb, takes off and um, drops the first atomic bomb in, on August 6th, 1945, where uh, 70,000 or more of course, died instantly, uh, well over 180,000 total casualties with the first bomb. Uh, it seems that we don't we don't hear a lot from the Japanese. It's silent, no surrender yet. So um, on August 8th, Russia now has entered the war against Japan, and they will attack Manchuria, okay? And then on August 9th, a second bomb, a second atomic bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, Japan, where 80,000 were killed uh, or missing, and that now seems to be it. Uh, Japan has surrendered now on August 19th, 1945, and as on the battleship Missouri, uh, the Japanese emperor was allowed to stay on the throne as a symbolic gesture. Right, kind of interesting because you would think the atomic bombs were, you know, an unconditional surrender. Uh, the official and ceremonial surrender, as I mentioned, uh, uh, was on board of the USS Missouri, where General McCarthy, or I'm sorry, MacArthur, accepted the surrender from Emperor Hirohito. So the Allies, uh, of course, triumphant. Um, but but back to this this question of whether or not Harry Truman should have dropped the atomic bomb. Well, let's think about his options. Okay. Um, let's say we go to the land invasion and not drop the atomic bombs. Well, the, the military had predicted that, um, this would take a lot of American soldiers and probably a lot of lives. Okay, so, um, you know, and already 100,000 Japanese citizens had already lost their lives in the bombing uh, since February of 1945. I mean, without the atomic bombs, you know. However, if we, we invade the Japanese islands, how long would the war have continued you know, you, you try to imagine World War II going into 1946 and 47. Um, you know, one could say, well, we, we could have set up a blockade around Japan um, and tried to, like, starve them out. But that would have raised the death toll. Some people are thinking over 1 million Japanese lives. Um, and, you know, even if you do get the Japanese to the peace table, would they have followed through on the peace talks? On the other hand, uh, the kind of look at the balance sheet here for Truman's decision. If we drop the atomic bombs, you know, is he saying to himself, "Well, this is going to save lives, end the war quickly"? Okay, it's going to end uh, the war immediately, and it's actually going to save lives by dropping the atomic bomb. Um, you know, the, the bomb spent, well, we spent $2 billion to build the atomic bomb. I mean, you're not going to build a bomb not to use it. 
Um, so, you know, is Harry Truman really has no, no decision to make? I mean, the decision's already made for him. Okay. Um, you know, you look at Harry Truman here, and he doesn't seem to be afraid to use the weapon of mass destruction. Um, and, you, you know, is it a, a warning sign to even the Soviet Union? Uh, kind of a message. Um, and let's remember, um, is this to punish the Japanese for the bombing of Pearl Harbor and all the other battles in the Pacific and how ruthless the Japanese were? I, I think I talked about the Bataan Death March in the Philippines. Is this kind of a payback? Okay, so, you know, kind of punish Japanese for the treatment of our prisoners of war. And again, you know, is it to just justify the expense of the Manhattan Project? Um, however, was it considered that radiation from the bomb would, would destroy the land and even the people of Japan for, for years to come? You know, another, another interesting uh, idea, you know, can I share with you plan A, you know, to invade the Japanese islands or, or plan B to drop the atomic bomb? Um, but why two? Why two bombs? Um, it wasn't one enough. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, was there a third bomb that was was ready to be used if they didn't surrender after the second bomb? You know, how many were we willing to drop? How many do we have at our disposal? You know, th these kinds of things. Um, you know, again, I'm kind of getting that plan C is, you know, could we have brought the Japanese out to New Mexico and showed them the test? A bomb and say, okay, if you don't surrender, well, this is what's going to happen to you, okay? But it seems like we wanted to keep this thing completely secret, completely by surprise for Japan. Well, I'll leave you with that that argument, and it's a big one, and obviously not enough time here in a podcast to completely talk uh, it all the way through you know, the decision to drop the atomic bomb. But now the, the war is over and I will talk to you soon about where we're headed next. Thank you for joining the Big Question Podcast. See ya.